2: happy Monday and happy February 13th, 2023. And this would be five minute daily devotionals with religionless Christianity. Uh, But today and tomorrow, Nikki and I will be getting caught up on some stories that were really just too important for us to try to cram into our full length Saturday podcast. You know, we don't want to be talking for three hours. So uh, we're going to try to get to these stories over the next two days. So originally, today was going to be our discussion on Charles and Andy Stanley. Uh, we're going to push that until tomorrow, um, because today, we just want to take some time to have a what I would say much uh, needed discussion <laughs> on John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. And this is really in regards to the dot article that Was kind of released just over the weekend. I don't know if it was Saturday or maybe it was Friday night. Maybe I can't remember, but just over the weekend it released. So, in case you missed the article, um, do you want to read the title, honey?
3: Grace Community Church rejected elders' calls to do justice in abuse case.
2: Yep. So, right up front here, before we dive in, because we're going to go through. This article quite a bit. Uh, I do want to point out that, you know, Nikki and I, we have biases, um, just like you have biases, and just like everybody has biases. And for those of you who have been with us for a while, you know my sort of uh, connection to Grace Community Church. And if you're new here, um, you know, I'm a student at the Master Seminary. So John MacArthur is one of the main reasons I chose the master seminary, uh, my real, af- uh, affinity for the man and more than just the man, but his teaching and, um, sort of what he represented. And, you know, I don't want this to devolve into, oh, he's an idol, you know, let go of your idol, you know, these sorts of things, which is nonsense. He's a man, he's not an idol. Um, uh, but I do have biases towards John MacArthur and grace community church. So, um, when I first read this story, you know, it definitely gave me some pause. I definitely had some pondering to do in regards to this story. And unfortunately, probably, <laughs> as with anything you find on Twitter, I first saw this story on Twitter. And <laughs> after reading the story and then looking at some of the comments, that's kind of when the idea of biases really jumped out to me. Um, because the way that John MacArthur and Grace Community Church were being characterized because mm-hmm. of this story, It was just so over the top, so hyperbolic that I realized this just has to be people's biases, right? Because if people just dislike John MacArthur, they dislike Grace Community Church for whatever the reasons might be, you know, they see this story is kind of just the evidence they need. Um, And in many of their minds from reading the comments, you know, Grace Community Church and John MacArthur, they might as well have been the people physically abusing and molesting children themselves. I mean, it was to that level. So uh, just to sort of put the bottom line up front, you know, if you don't got a whole lot of time, uh, we're just going to kind of make the point. uh, And if you want to stick around here and hear our reasoning behind our points, please do. But I don't buy it. I don't buy the portrayal of John MacArthur in Grace Community Church that this article and those that are biased against them want to make us see. I don't buy it. Um, Now I'll give you some time if you want to turn this off. But if you're still here, uh, thank you. Uh, We're going to just kind of walk through this article and just discuss what stood out to us as we were reading through it initially. And I read through it twice. Um, I read the Roy's report, which this is linked to as well. And, uh, I will also make mention. This goes for Nikki as well, and I'll let her get here, get in here in a second. Um, we reserve the right to change our mind from where we sit today, uh, because we're humans, and if new information comes out, we reserve the right to change our mind, just like you're allowed to change your mind. You know, nothing's etched in stone. And then, secondly, because this is most certainly going to come up, because it did every time I made a comment on Twitter, um, what happened to Elaine Gray? is awful. Um, That should never happen to anybody. Uh, That is obviously well outside of God's design for marriage. And it's shameful. Um, David Gray, I hope has come to repentance, her husband. Um, But we pray for uh, Elaine Gray. Uh, We pray that, you know, her life uh, doesn't, you know, drift away from God, that she doesn't lose her faith Um, As with any woman who goes through a difficult, abusive situation or children that go through abuse, we pray that they're, you know, they would find their comfort in God rather than, you know, shaking their fist at God. And, you know, we certainly wish that the counseling she had received, the care that she received went better. Um, We certainly (laughs) wish that. So I just want to get those out of the way up front. One last note here, though, on bias, because I think this is important at least for us in regards to how we view this article. You know, we've spoken about many, many times on this podcast um, that when we approach the news, uh, we have to approach from an understanding that the news is full of lies. That's what they do. They're far more narrative than news anymore. Um, Christianity Today is a news outlet. Um, Also, we've mentioned many, many times here, as we're fond of calling them today's Christianity rather than Christianity today, they're a progressive Christian news outlet. Mm -hmm. So when I read stories like this, as with all news stories, or when I hear the news, whatever happens to be, um, that's the mindset that I have. The news is full of liars, and most of it slants very progressive. So this is Mm -hmm. no different that colored our view of this story. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Before we get into this, if you don't agree with us, which I'm sure many won't, please let us know in the comments. Do your best to keep it civil. We have not molested children, (laughs) beat women, and we certainly uh, don't condone it in any sense. Well,
3: you said Christianity Today did not cover a certain story. They covered this one.
2: Right. That was my uh, tinfoil hat going off when I was reading this. And I thought, boy, what an odd time to drop this story, right? As the Church of England decides to basically, you know, denounce God's ideal for marriage on a national level. And to this point, you know, Sunday afternoon, uh, they still have not ran a story on the Church of England uh, denouncing or deciding to affirm same-sex marriage. So mm-hmm. was this a distraction? Yeah, who knows? That's my conspiracy theory. But either way, uh, that is my sort of biases going into this story. So what we want to do is just like we do with all new stories. We're just going to kind of roll through um, the articles. I took kind of screenshots of the stuff that stood out to me. And we're just going to discuss them as we go. So please come let us know what you guys think of what we think. But please uh, do your best to be civil and we will do our best to be civil in return. So um, do you have anything honey to say before we just jump right in here?
3: Um, I was gonna ask did any other uh, media outlets cover this story?
2: Um, not that I'm aware of I didn't see like Christian Post have anything I didn't see the gospel coalition, it wasn't on any mainstream news media. So I don't, I didn't catch it if they did. So even the conservative news outlets, I didn't see it on. But uh, so this is kind of strictly Christianity Today, though, this is Christianity Today is the biggest sort of Christian, I believe, news outlet out there. So I'll make one note here right before we get into the article. And it's the title of the article. Again, this is the idea of narrative over news. It says Grace Community Church rejected elders calls to do justice in abuse case. That is incorrect. This article will go on to state that it rejected an elders call to do justice Um, over and over again. It makes the point that the other elders, no other elder um, was contributing. There is only one elder and his name was uh, what was his name? Holden Cho or something like that. Mm -hmm. Something Cho. Yeah. So right off the jump, right, steering the narrative, all these elders have been calling them to do justice. It was one elder. So that's an important point here. And that's a really important point as to why I don't agree with this. Um, So right off the jump here, getting into this article, here's the first um, bit that I pulled. And it says here, when Cho continued to call the elders to do justice on the woman's behalf, he said he was asked to walk back his conclusions or resign. So again, it wasn't elders. It was an elder who was no longer an elder there.
3: Okay. I was going to say he, he was an
2: elder. He was an elder for sure. Um, So again, the headline makes it seem like all these elders, but when in reality, this one elder who's no longer there is the one bringing this topic up. All the other elders are telling him to walk back his conclusions. They don't want to speak to him about it and they don't agree with him. So what this causes you to do is to say, you're kind of pitting both against each other, right? Am I going to believe one elder who left the church in the face of John MacArthur and 37 other elders that up until this point, we all would have for the most part considered godly men that seek after the Lord, study his word, care about his people. So we're going to take the word of one elder and really one woman um, over the word of John MacArthur, 37 elders at grace community right. He just
3: wants them. He just wants her to receive an apology. Yeah, that's his main focus is for them to admit they were wrong and how they counseled her.
2: Yes. And that's the big crux with this story. This story is really about Elaine Gray. It does highlight another woman that happened who says something we'll get into this later. But she mentions that the same sort of thing happened to her last year or whatever. Uh, And then they give off, you know, some unnamed sources, like eight unnamed sources, um, which you can do what you want with unnamed sources, you know, but it's really about this elder Cho who investigated the Eileen Gray incident and wants them to apologize for Eileen Gray, which is an abuse counseling, sort of marriage counseling case that happened 20 years ago in 2002. So there's a lot of fluff around this story. But at the end of the day, it's about Eileen Gray, and how they mishandled her counseling. So the next snippet here that we have, oh, this stuff is I should have made it bigger. All right, let's see what this one says. And I don't remember what all these say. And please pray for me. I had an awful night's sleep last (laughs) night. I barely slept. So if I'm drooling and slurring all my words, forgive me, I'm very tired. Um, but no excuses. Let's press on. He says, we were horrified to discover the same awful patterns of counseling were still happening at GCC Cho Told CT, which is uh, Grace Community Church and Christianity Today. So this is in reference to that girl I mentioned, who said, the same sort of thing happened to her just last year. OK,
3: so what is it they counseled her to do? Let's explain.
2: So they basically counseled her and much like Elaine Gray that, um, you know, her contention was my husband's abusive. And I, I think in some of these cases it was emotional. You know, he's and- uh, he's giving into like pedophilia, incest with the kids is potential. Um, fearing for, you know, their safety and these sorts of things, both physically, sexually. Kind of the same thing with Eileen Gray. And in both cases, they're saying they were counseled to, um, you know, go back to their husbands, submit to their husbands in return. So uh, and again, we don't know this girl's name. She's just the, you know, kind of an unnamed girl that they, you know, and I'll give them credit. Maybe it's true. They say that they have, you know, documentation on this girl and she's legit. The other unnamed sources, they don't really have that on. But my point with highlighting this is they say because of this girl that happened last year, they see the awful patterns of counseling at GCC um, are still happening. This so is not a pattern. 20 years, 19 years later, they it's two incidents <coughs> of bad counseling. It seems again, this is just what they're portraying it as two instance, instances of bad counseling. And I'll just go back as far as MacArthur, because he's been there the longest in 53 years of pastoral ministry. That is not a pattern. Those are outliers. Uh, That's not the rule. Those are exceptions to the rule. I was telling my kids this, you know, and it's a shame to make any sort of analogies when you're dealing with humans and tragedy. But we do the best we can. Ritz-Carlton's are wonderful five-star Immaculate Hotels. But I guarantee if you go to a Ritz-Carlton website, they have one star reviews, (laughs) right? But if you go to a Ritz-Carlton and they have 101 star reviews over 30 years and 8,000 five star reviews, you go, that's a wonderful hotel. Those hundred are probably just outliers. So if you have two, and I tried to do this simple math and I don't know if it's accurate, but if you have, let's just say a 1,000 people that they've counseled in 50 years of John MacArthur's ministry. That's probably very, very mm-hmm. uh, far from how many they've actually counseled. But if you take even all the named and unnamed sources in this story, 10 total, 10 people who received bad counseling out of at least 1,000, that means Grace Community Church has a 99.9% success rate in counseling or at least a 99.9% not awful, go back to abuse counseling, right? Mm -hmm. So you would not say, ah, well, 0.1% proves a pattern.
3: You would say that's an outlier. I just feel like the whole motive behind putting this out is public. It's not like they did any grievous sin. It's just that they want an apology to admit a mistake. you know, that they made a mistake. But I feel like the motive behind this coming out, um, especially on Christianity today, is just to slander John MacArthur and his church. Like, even if something is true, you're slandering them and bringing down their whole reputation and just to discredit them completely and ignore all the good this church has ever done.
2: Yeah, and I agree. And again, that goes to the underpinning of Christianity today is a progressive Christian news outlet. They are. Yes. They much prefer the <clears throat> reimagining biblical womanhood mm-hmm. that we've talked about. The I mean, I think for the love of Pete, they've employed Jamar Tisby who is like the chief race-baiting Christian <laughs> in the social sphere. Um, you know, they Again, they completely overlook things like the Church of England affirming same-sex marriage. So John MacArthur is, you know, enemy number one of progressive Christianity. Well, they know
3: what kind of people really like to um, to read their articles. So they know putting this out there is going to get them more views. Right, and again,
2: because this is largely a 20-year-old case that they're... Yeah. And like you said, again, my conspiracy tinfoil hat goes off and says John MacArthur's weak. I mean, I pray that he recovers his strength and can get back, but he's weak. He's been in the hospital. And now is this a good time where he can't really defend himself as he would have once done um, for them to attack? Who knows? But either way, that's just the things that we think about. But uh let's look at this next point, because it kind of piggybacks off of the point we just discussed here. It says, congregants who we still love could effectively be playing Russian roulette if they ever needed counseling at GCC. So again, this is that idea that there's a pattern of this, you know, awful counseling. And if you go and see Bill Shannon, who leads their counseling ministry, you're playing Russian roulette. With a 99.9% certainty of good counseling, somehow that equals into their mind um, Russian roulette. So again, narrative, not news. They're yeah. trying to steer your opinion here. And this is why I discount this outright. I don't buy the narrative that they're trying to push onto grace community or John MacArthur. I think like Nikki said, they're trying to attack and they're trying to, Sort of diminish or diminish um, their entire ministry mm-hmm. over the last 50 years, which I'm not going to sign off on. So,
3: yeah, they're reimagining biblical womanhood. <laughs> that crowd, yeah. yeah, they'd have a lot to say about this.
2: Yeah, they're reimagining Ugh. what Russian roulette in a pattern is, um, <laughs> where it almost never happens <laughs> that somehow it's Russian roulette in a pattern. So, this next point here, this is kind of what we were saying. It says for this story, Christianity Today spoke with eight women or eight women who recounted how they and others at Grace Community Church had been counseled to avoid reporting their husbands and fathers to authorities to accept their apologies and to continue to submit to them.
3: Okay. There's a scripture for the reasoning behind that, that we're not to take um, our issues to public court.
2: Right. I think it's first Corinthians chapter six, maybe talks about not going before the courts um, if you don't have to. And
3: but there's an order for reconciling before you would especially do something like that. And that's what they're encouraging. And they're thinking following that is abusive.
2: Right. And again, we're talking about unnamed sources here. So you can give that full credibility if you want, or you can say, maybe they're just trying to make their argument here. Um, that's up to you to decide. I have my own opinions on that. But unnamed sources are unnamed sources. They don't get the full weight of, like, an Eileen Gray, uh, in my opinion, or even the second girl that happened last year. These are just unnamed sources, right? I mean, who knows if they're true or not. Uh, but then to Nikki's point, you know, and this is kind of what they attacked this whole article about with Grace Communities Counseling is, you know, they keep telling them to go back to their husbands, don't go to the cops. and I'm not going to say that that was good counseling in the Eileen Gray incident. And if this other girl is true, probably not good counseling in that instance either. But in the realm of Christian counseling, repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation in marriage should always be the goal. That should always be the goal outside of the extreme cases like Eileen Gray, abuse, child molestation. There are extremes where that that just doesn't work anymore. It's too dangerous well, or whatever. But outside of that, all of your counseling should be repentance, forgiveness and reconciliation. I
3: just want to point out that she was not aware of uh, child molestation, sexual abuse when she was in the counseling with them. That came up later.
2: yes. And another point to note here that Christianity Today leaves out of this story, but the Roy's report talks about, Um, because again, Christianity Today in this chill fella make it seem like Grace Community was basically abusing Eileen Gray along with the husband. But in the Roy's report, it makes note that when she brought this abuse to Grace Community counselors' attention, they worked with her to move her out of the home into a family friend. Mm -hmm. So they did move her out of the dangerous situation. And then they counseled her Mm -hmm. repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation. So they didn't leave her there to just fend for herself. They don't tell you that. And that's shame on them. Again, narrative, not news. So could they have done better? Probably, but they didn't just leave her to the dogs to be ravaged. They got her out of the danger situation and then counseled her. And that's an important thing to note. I think that if they were really not trying to drive a narrative, they would have told you about. Right. Um, this next point here, he says no one from grace community church responded to requests by CT to discuss the church's counseling philosophy or response to abuse or to questions about specific cases. Six pastors and elders were contacted for comment by phone and email repeatedly over a three week period prior to this article's publication, as well as one former pastor and elder. And not one of them consented to discuss this. So, again, you can say, ah, well, they're hiding something. Maybe we don't know that because they didn't say anything. So, again, the headline says all you know elders are coming out and calling for justice. No, no, the elders didn't discuss any of this with them. And then in fact, they went to Grace Community's website and they put a statement out saying basically, we don't put personal counseling, private counseling out to the public. We deal with that in-house. That's their statement. So again, that's why they're
3: not you're responding. making
2: all the assumptions on what Grace Community counselors are doing because they did not contribute to this article. So you're taking one former elders, uh, his opinions based on what happened when he wasn't there over the 37 elders, John MacArthur, and all those who were involved. So you do with that what you will, but they did not contribute (laughs) to this article in any way. And then this is just what they say right here. Uh, that they posted to their website. They deal with accusations personally and privately. They defended their counseling as biblical, saying our church history and congregation are the testimony. And again, point yeah. 0.1% at best. It seems that's an outlier. Did they so even that say? True.
3: Did they even say in the report how many um, married couples go through counseling? A year or no, least. No, they don't mention that. They don't mention any numbers. I, I made just... up
2: my own numbers. I just said a thousand. Right. I mean, because if you figure, I mean, what's a thousand?
3: But it doesn't you know. matter to them, like you said. They just want you to focus on the outlier.
2: Right. So, again, to them, two people in eight unnamed sources is a pattern and it's Russian roulette. But I would say there's far more evidence that what Grace Community said here, that their church's history and congregation are the testimony. That's far more true based mm-hmm. on just the numbers than what this article wants to portray. Because if
3: it was bad advice for every single situation, there would be, there would have already been more people that have spoken out, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, you think there would have been. Um, and there, maybe there were, again, I'll give us an out here, you know, per se, that we didn't do the most in-depth scholarly deep dive into this. We read this article, we read the Roy's report. And that's what we're formulating our ideas on. uh, Because that's what most people would have done. Most people aren't going to go and comb the archives of Grace Community Counseling. So we didn't either. Um, But this next point here, and we have a lot of these points, so bear with us. But it says Cho first read about Eileen Gray's case last March after the Roy's report coverage when he said he had been asked to look over the church's handling of her case for the elder board, his review drawing from his legal background and training became part of an internal or initial internal investigation. And I just thought this was interesting because again, grace community in their counseling and eldership is being portrayed as monsters, pedophiliacs and woman abusers. But in fact, they called Cho to investigate the counseling themselves. They were like, Hey, People are having a problem with this. Can you come take a look at what's going right. on In here? It shows
3: they're not hiding something like they They had weren't trying to hide thing.
2: anything. Now, that doesn't mean that because they're not trying to hide anything, they're going to go and put personal counseling notes on Twitter for the world to see. Um, and just another point, this isn't a... I would love to see Grace Community address this. Just for my own edification, I would love that. John MacArthur, uh, I would love to see that, you know, explain... What happened here to the best of your recollection? But let's not kid ourselves that somehow forgiveness is alive and well in America. That somehow if John MacArthur came out and said, listen, we mishandled Eileen Gray's case 20 years ago, and we want to repent to her, ask for her forgiveness, and we're going to try to get better. You're fooling yourself if you think this country goes, all right, that's all we needed to hear. Good godly men. They would just go, there it is. We told you, woman abusers and pedophiles. Again, that shouldn't be what stops them or prevents them. But let's not kid ourselves that somehow them acknowledging or giving a public apology changes anybody's opinion. Because, again, people read this article and went, basically, uh, John MacArthur and Grace Community are the lowest of the low in human society. So. It's ludicrous.
3: Well, the issue is like, they just want an apology because she was brought up, her name, you know, brought up at church as in sin for leaving her husband or having a restraining order on him.
2: Yes, because she received church count or church discipline, I think, to the point of being um, removed from the church membership. Um, so that's really what they want the apology for is that, Mm -hmm. you know, walk back your church discipline on Eileen gray. And, you know, we don't know if they have privately, doesn't seem like they have, but they haven't done it publicly. So that's their big thing. Just say, I just say you're sorry, which again, that's a very progressive thing to do. And Mm -hmm. it's a progressive, um, sort of strong arm tactic Because if they can get you to say you're sorry, then you prove that they were right. Um, Again, this shouldn't stop Christians. It doesn't make a difference. We stand before God. But again, to think that coming out and saying, hey, we're sorry, somehow calms everybody down. That's incorrect. Once you show that, you know, weakness and they've beaten you, uh, you know, you're going to be going the way of Hillsong with D.I.E. (laughs) boards and LGBTQ pastors and the Church of England. So um that stuff's just nonsense. So this next point here says David Gray, who was the husband of Eileen Gray, the abusive husband, once a teacher on staff at the church went to be went on to be sentenced for his crimes in 2005, aggravated child molestation, corporal injury to a child and child abuse. Witnesses and victims backed his wife's account of the abusive behavior while church leaders continued to defend him, according to court documents referenced and posted in the Roy's report article, David Gray remains in prison. And I think the article, at least at Roy's report says he got like 20 years in prison. Um, mm-hmm. But worth noting here, as Nikki mentioned, you know, she received her church discipline in 2002. This mm-hmm. is three years before he went to prison um, yeah. for this child molestation stuff. Um, and then they say the church leaders continue to defend him Again, I think they got the counseling for Eileen Gray wrong, as best I understand it, with the limited information I have. We're not disagreeing with that. So people that say we're supporting abusive behavior, no, (laughs) we're saying they should have handled Eileen Gray differently. But to give them some credit that they're not monsters, David Gray worked at the church for, I think, six or seven years. He taught children at the church. He was probably friends with many of these elders. So when you consider that they were giving him maybe too much of the benefit of the doubt, it's probably because they were friends. Now, is that right? Probably not. They should have been objective, but it's human nature. You know, if somebody came up to me and told me Nikki was doing all these monstrous things, I'm not going to believe you. It's going to take an avalanche of evidence for me to turn against Nikki, you know, just getting someone going, Oh, did you see what she did? Uh, boy, it's not good. I'm not going to hear it. Right. Um, so again, it doesn't alleviate them with a mistake, but it does play to the human factor. They knew the guy, but they also make mention in the Roy's report that Eileen Gray, according to the counselors at GCC, um, she was like erratic and over the top in her behavior and her sort of what she was discussing. They kind of talked about her as kind of just being like she exaggerates exaggerates a lot. a lot and over the top and all this sort of stuff. So again, you can say ah they're liars and they're covering for abuse, but then you're kind of throwing out fifty years worth of godly ministry and just saying these guys are secret but closet abusers
3: because of that. If she's known as a person who exaggerates, that does make this. A little more difficult to settle. You're it just does. They you know him. Woman,
2: and again, Eileen is not on trial here. She was the victim. We have to keep making that point because people are going to try to crucify you for saying anything against Eileen. She is the victim here. However, if you're erratic, you know, over the top, you're exaggerating all the elaborate and all your thing, you know, things that you're saying. Plus, the church is friends with the guy you're accusing. It's human nature to say they're not going to probably be as quick to see it from your side as you may want them to be. And ultimately, as they should have been in her case, they should have, you know, seen what was really going on here. It's
3: unfortunate, but I mean, it's not. I mean, you have to just accept the fact that there's going to be instances that they didn't handle it right. Like, this isn't a surprise. We're not like shocked that something wasn't handled as it should have been. But it's just going to happen. It's life. But it doesn't mean you have to slander and take down the reputation of the church.
2: No, because it's just the principle that we hold everybody else to perfection while allowing ourselves human error. You right. know, Grace Community Church and their counselors, they've got a counsel 100% perfect in every case. 99.9% is not good enough. But in our life, if we make this mistake, we go, hey, man, you're talking about my brother there. I just didn't want to believe it. You know, we see parents all the time. Their kids are like proven murderers. And they're like, not my little J- Johnny. I know him. I raised him. He's not a murderer. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. he is. I know that's hard to come to grips with. Right. That's human nature. Um, And this kind of goes to what we were just talking about, her erratic behavior.
3: Yeah. And we can be fooled, you know. Oh, of course. We can easily be fooled. And we can fool
2: ourselves. And a lot of times we do fool ourselves. We want to believe something. Um, But this note says, in Eileen Gray's case, overseen by then associate executive pastor Carrie Hardy and involving GCC's longtime pastor of counseling, Bill Shannon, he found evidence of mistreatment, bias and errors and how they handled the case, Eileen Gray was repeatedly disbelieved and accused of being bizarre, which wasn't relevant to the reasons for her discipline, and leaders cast doubt on her account despite David Gray's history of deceit. So we don't know anything about David Gray's history of deceit here. Uh, again, that's another i guess a hole in this argument. We don't have any of the counseling that was done towards David Gray. none of his statements. anything of that account. But they do note there, right? Her behavior was bizarre. And that might have led them to not believe her. They should have believed her. But her behavior, as with all of our behaviors, um, can sway people one way or the other. Um, This is why, you know, as Christians, we should be, you know, kind of, what is it, slow to speak, quick to listen, or quick to listen, Mm -hmm. slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know, don't go into a place erratic and over the top. People might dismiss you um, to your own detriment. So, again, not alleviating GCC here. I think they mishandled this case, but we're just seeing as to why this isn't a pattern of abusive behavior. Right. It's human error on one specific case 20 years ago. Let's see what this next point is here. It says they sided with a child abuser who turned out to be a child molester over a mother desperately trying to protect her three innocent young children. And that was and is flatly wrong. and needs to be made right, Cho said. Yeah, that's true. Um, Though, I think the way that he's making this sound Mm -hmm. is though they purposefully, knowingly wanted to side with an abuser because that's what all of the biased people on, you know, Twitter, which is a hellscape, I get it. But all of theirs is these people are, you know, They're supporting, you know, child molesters. They're doing all this sort of stuff. You know, somehow they're, you know, trying to prop up this child abuse, spousal abuse ring. That is not at all what you get from these stories. They are
3: painting a picture just saying that they're all just like the husband.
2: Like as if (laughs) Bill Shannon and Carrie Hardy are sitting in a dark room going, yes, let's send her back and he'll beat her again. (laughs) Instead of just being like, "Ah, David really looks like he's making progress. You've got to forgive him. And if he was a deceitful man, then he was deceiving them as well. So, uh, yeah. And she
3: should, hopefully she forgives the church and understands. And again, it would be nice if they they did.
2: Apologize. Certainly. We should always be quick to apologize. But again, you read this article and you think. That GCC and John MacArthur are the, the villains here. <laughs> David Gray is the one who beat her and molested her children. GCC moved her out of that situation, but then gave her probably in, improper counseling to go back. Maybe because he was deceiving them. Maybe because they didn't uh, really believe what she was saying because of her behavior. Whatever it was. This isn't a pattern of Russian roulette of people secretly wanting to see women and children be beaten and molested like they're trying to paint it. Uh, Here he says, numerous elders have admitted in various private conversations that mistakes were made and that they would make a different decision today, knowing what they know now. But those admissions mean you need to make it right with the person you wronged. That is utterly basic Christianity. So this is Cho saying that numerous elders. And pastors in private conversations. Well, earlier in the article, he's made note twice that no elders and pastors spoke to him on this. (laughs) So now he's coming down here and going, well, no, a bunch of elders came and told me privately. Well, none of them talked. So again, you can take his word for it, that somehow these elders don't want to say anything. They're not willing to walk back the punishment. They believe in it, whatever they think they did the right thing is best they understood. But then chose like, "Ah, trust me off the record, they're all telling me that I'm right. Maybe. um, But he's also said twice in this article already, they didn't want to speak to him. So you do with that what you will. Um, That's kind of like unnamed sources, right? Uh, Just trust me, somebody told me, Eh, who told you? (laughs) You know? Um, Come on, mouse. All right, let's see what this one says. According to Cho, who served as the board secretary and was responsible for taking notes. MacArthur replied during the March meeting that the comparisons didn't apply to Eileen Gray. Um, I can't remember what he was talking about here, but just basically sort of the... the, uh, the
3: oh, he was talking about adultery in the above
2: paragraph. Yeah, like adultery and the mishandling of counseling and this sort of stuff with women. And again, he says right here, MacArthur's going... No, no. Eileen's case was different than that. And again, it goes on here to say that they talked about her b- bizarre behavior and all these sorts of things. So again, we're not alleviating Grace community of the counseling that they gave her. But what they're, what we're showing here or trying to show is that human error, her behavior, their probably friendship with David Gray, um, whatever it was, led them to give her bad counseling it doesn't mean that they're bad people and it doesn't mean that their counseling practices are bad. It means that nobody's perfect. Um, it means that we all are able to be deceived. We all are able to deceive ourselves. We're all able to, you know, say things with maybe not taken in the full weight of whatever it happens to be. I mean, it's human error. It's not a track record. It's not a pattern is what we're trying to say. Well, I'm
3: wondering is Cho, Trying to get them to change the way that they counsel, get away from the scriptures that are their guideline.
2: Well, I think, and we might even have the point pulled up in here. We'll have to see as we go through. But one of the people makes note, I think it was this article that he kind of claims like, you know, many evangelical churches today have church discipline on their, you know, on their books, but they've really gone away from implementing it as though like Grace Community Church is really out of step with modern evangelicalism, which doesn't make a difference. Are they out of step with the Bible? Because that's what they were trying to adhere to. Biblical counseling, church discipline, which has not been so far as I know, subtracted from scripture. Uh, It's still in there. And that's what they were trying to adhere to. So um, just interesting. All right, next point here. He says, after that, Cho said he was told by elder board chair Chris Hamilton that he would need to walk back his findings about the church's mistakes if he wanted to remain an elder. So, again, this kind of is that point two points ago. You know, no elders wanted to talk to him, elders told him to walk back his conclusions. And then Cho goes, "Eh, Elders and pastors behind the scenes told me. And then one paragraph later, he goes, Chris Hamilton told me to walk back my conclusions. So again, three out of four, uh, references to the elder board here, uh, said they wanted nothing to do with Cho and they didn't agree with him. One time Cho tells you, you know, wink, wink, I pinky promise. They, uh, they really told me this behind the scenes. Again, do with that what you will. Um, I don't put a lot of stock in it. Do you
3: think, um, if he, if the church or whoever, the elders, whoever counseled her, um apologizes to her, this would come out and just cause division in the church, in his church. Because I wonder how many people in the church really even know about this.
2: Yeah, I mean, think I don't know. I think it would
3: be a bad thing for
2: him to... I don't think it's ever a bad thing to apologize. Publicly,
3: but just to like dig it up. Like, it'd be better for him to just privately apologize to her is she owed a public apology? I mean, this many years later, nobody in the church knows her personally, I'm sure. Maybe no, few people. I don't people. think
2: that, she, that the public deserves an apology. I mean, on publicly this. in
3: the church, not the public, but just in the congregation.
2: No, I mean, if you are supportive of your church counseling practices, again, unless MacArthur and GCC looks at it and goes, Oh my gosh, we have been counseling improperly for 50 years. True. Then go and apologize to the whole church.
3: Right, if it was But the if it's method. one
2: outlier where you were following as best you understood the standards, but things got out of control, or it was a lot worse than you would have, but you still believe in your practices and all this sort of stuff, you don't need to stand up right. in front of the church. And, I mean, what's David's, you know, but- Psalm 51 <laughs> against you only have I sinned, Lord? Yeah. Like. You don't need to go and apologize to the whole world for every sin you've committed.
3: Right. Because they would just be apologizing for not having at least all the information, especially about the child molestation. They didn't know about that. So in them apologizing, they also have um, kind of excuses like, well, we were deceived. I mean, they have to just say we were deceived and we're sorry. they really, I don't know if there is anything really... Well, in
2: the Roy's report does go into detail. I mean, they had a lot of information that she was really in a, a bad spot with David Gray. Um, so, again, that goes to the point that this was, in my opinion, bad counseling. They had good information. It seemed like that she was, you know, it was a dangerous spot for her. Um, enough
3: to divorce, because if he's being physically abusive.
2: Yeah, again. You know. Repentance, forgiveness and reconciliation should always be the standard, except for extreme cases. Hers sounds like an extreme case. But did they recognize at the time it was an extreme case? That's the yeah. problem. They seem to have not recognized that um, at the time. So
3: Yeah, they thought she was exaggerating again. That's maybe why maybe she said things, but they were hesitant to believe her.
2: Yeah.
3: Maybe, maybe,
2: maybe. So. Uh, let's see this next point here says the woman told CT she recognized the parallels too. She said, this is about the girl that happened last year. Um, she said, when she read, I read about Eileen gray last year, she thought this sounds a lot like what ha- what I've been told. Or this sounds a lot like what I've been told. And it says CT's policy allows victims of abuse to go unnamed for the sake of privacy and safety, her identity and the details of her account have been verified in reporting the story. So again, this is the girl that happened last year. And again, we said she sounds legit. Um, You know, CT says that they have all of her records and it's accurate. We have no reason to deny that. Uh, It just, it sounded interesting to me that this girl's being counseled and she reads about um, Eileen Gray's story and goes, yeah, that's sounds just like me. Not discounting, not saying what, she, um, that she, what she's going through isn't true. You know, it's just uh, an interesting little coincidence. Well,
3: if she says this sounds a lot like what I've been told, well, if they're giving the same reconciliation advice, counseling, of course it's going to sound the same. It's going to be the same for all women except in extreme cases where they shouldn't give the same advice.
2: Right, so if so- their advice... And they're going to, I think, make no, we may have the point pulled up here where Grace Communities counselors are saying that during supervised visits and these sorts of things, they saw like market improvement in the husband, which is why they were telling the wife, now you need to go back. You need to, you know, not get a restraining order. He's improving. So again, they, they could have been deceived and they're saying, right. well, what we see with our eyes and what he's telling us it looks like it's getting better. So try to move back. Right. In with I'm them. sure they're
3: used to seeing success, like doing this for how many years with their marriage counseling, they probably do see a lot of marriages um, restored and reconciliation and forgiveness. They probably have hundreds of testimonies that it went in the right way.
2: Yeah. Well, I would assume again, This story tells us that really 10 total, um, but again, eight of those are unnamed sources. So really two people over 50 years of MacArthur's ministry. So this point here says, a declaration from other pastor and elder, Brad Clausen said that the woman, this is that same girl last year, uh, came to him concerned about pictures taken by her husband but that she didn't have evidence of the abuse. Um, So she was saying that her husband was, you know, molesting and abusing sexually her child. It says, uh, um, according to her own filing, the photos include pictures of her toddler touching her husband's pant zipper and her face being sprayed with water, as well as selfies with the child while she was naked. Claussen's declaration said the photos did not contain nudity. So I thought this was interesting because he's saying here, this girl is coming and saying, you know, I took this stuff to this guy with these pictures of my husband. And this is the way the pictures looked. and Claussen this pastor and elder is going, that's not the way the pictures looked. Uh, there was no nudity in the picture, unless I'm reading that wrong, but she's saying he was taking selfies with the new child and he's going, I mean, the pictures didn't have any nudity uh, in there. So again, not that. How old was the child, though? I mean, that's a big question. I don't question. remember. I'm not sure how old the child. It was a young child, very young. Um, but either way, again, not to alleviate what that dad is doing there, but just to bring to light that there is conflicting um, reports here, right? From the abuser or the the victim side of it, this is what happened, and then from the church going, uh, that's not what we saw. So, without Actually, seeing the evidence, right? Because you don't want to falsely accuse someone either. They have to be very
3: careful about that. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who just they just want to get their husband in trouble or vice versa. I mean, they have to be careful of that.
2: Right. I mean, you do have to walk that. I'm sure line. am that and stuff I mean, happens a lot too. You know, for these women, if they had evidence and stuff, you know, then there's more credibility. And again, this goes back to the Eileen Gray. They moved her out of the home. So now we're talking about one woman who was left in a dangerous situation by Grace Community Church. Supposedly, you know, we'll see how this if this comes out later more with this girl. But Eileen Gray, they moved her away from the dangerous situation while they counseled her. This girl, you know, she's saying stuff that the church is saying never happened. So there's um, they're not agreeing on some of the evidence. Uh, this one says two other leaders at grace said they would testify on the wife's behalf, but the couple reached an agreement in January prior to their court date. So none of the pastors ended up needing to testify in the settlement. The wife did not retract the abuse claims made against her husband. You know, so again, this case with the girl last year has been settled already. None of the pastors, nobody was called to go and testify. So, Again, you're taking people's word for it. The girl says, this is what happened. The church let me down and the church is saying some of the stuff she told you isn't accurate. We did the best we could. And without court documents, you know, all that sort of stuff, you're just left kind of taking a person's word for it. So I think that's interesting to note there. Um, And she says, according to her account, the trauma and warning signs weren't enough. The pastors wanted evidence of physical abuse, skin to skin adultery, or a conviction of child molestation before agreeing she had biblical grounds for divorce. She couldn't wait for that. Um, So again, this is kind of her telling you that the counseling she was receiving was to reconcile with her husband. And they're saying there, we need evidence for us to actually tell you that it's okay to get a divorce, which I guess is good counseling that Divorce was at least on the table. You know, they weren't just saying go back under all circumstances and situations, but they're saying, hey, if you can bring us some evidence that he's really committing adultery on you, he's really, you know, molesting your children. So again, from the church's perspective, she didn't have that evidence.
3: Do they see adultery as what? I mean, it says they're skin to skin adultery. It's not, they don't count adultery in the mind. So it couldn't be like, even like text
2: message or like a no, and I think online they make affair there, is not adultery. Yeah, like internet pornography, they would not
3: they wouldn't classify count
2: as, as adultery oh. in the same sense of divorcing.
3: So it's not like committing adultery in the heart.
2: I think. Don't quote me on that. I think I read that on one of these reports. But yeah, skin to skin, they're physically cheating on you with somebody, kind of a thing. So again, that note there just to point out that um, conflicting. I guess, evidence or conflicting information for counseling, right? Because she's even saying we couldn't wait for that. So she didn't have the evidence to produce that he was really doing these things yet. Um, I think that's important to note. Let's see what this says. It says the cases at Grace Community Church landed in a larger debate around what qualifies as abuse and whether Christians should prioritize reconciliation and abuse cases, with the church and its seminary holding a prominent place among conservative biblical counselors. Uh, Again, you know, whatever, this counseling agency. So a larger debate about reconciliation and abuse cases and I'm probably going to say something that's unpopular, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, let me know if I'm wrong. Your personal suffering is not more important or a bigger deal than sinning against God. Uh, sinning against God is a greater grievance than our own personal sufferings, uh, which is why martyrdom is not frowned upon. Martyrdom is a great thing to give your life and suffer for the cause of Christ. So if you're divorcing your husband unjustly, um, even because you claim some level of abuse, I'm not saying it's wrong. And I'm not going to try to make that case here. I'm just making the broad generalization, though I'm sure it won't matter, but the broad generalization that our own personal sufferings are less of a deal than our sinning against God. We have lost that in America where comfort is an idol that we think anything that sort of brings harm or damage to us is the most grievous thing on planet earth. It is not. So again, when you're a church counselor counseling, biblically sinning against God is the chief issue that
0: Mm -hmm. we're trying
2: to prevent Um, not your own suffering. So again, again, like the guy says in the previous point, if you had evidence of adultery, of molestation, these sorts of things bring it there, and we can talk about divorce. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, we have to sort of deal from deal with this from a different angle. Right. Because they had to
3: be careful to not counsel um and leading that person into sin. They are going to be held accountable before God for giving wrong advice. So they are more concerned about telling someone to, to sin because they're like, if it was a situation not so severe, but
2: yes. And all Christians should be more concerned with sin than our own personal suffering. That isn't to say Eileen gray and this girl should have stayed in the the situations they were in. Those are extreme cases. I'm just saying your personal suffering is not more important than not seeing it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, And then it says, like fellow complementarians, MacArthur has preached multiple times against women staying with abusive husbands for the sake of marital submission. He taught that women and children should get to a place of safety and that perpetrators of domestic violence are no longer behaving as believers and have therefore forfeited their right to marriage. What's interesting is this comes Almost at the end of the article. So, this whole article has gone on to explain to you why Grace Community Church and John MacArthur are monsters. They support child abusers, child molesters. But then you come all the way to the end and you go, John MacArthur has long preached that abusers and these sorts of people have forfeited their right to marriage and women need to get out to a place of safety. So again, now they're asking us to believe that John MacArthur, the head pastor, senior pastor of Grace Community Church for 53 years, he is somehow held to a stance in his preaching and teaching that the church and the eldership doesn't actually adhere to. That's what they're asking us to believe. I don't believe it. Um, Again, we have two instances of really named people in 53 years that have really bad outcomes from the counseling.
3: Yeah. If he was doing an investigation on it, they have all the paperwork of all the counseling they've ever done. And this is all he could find for contributing to the article.
2: Right. And then you just, just, you go to the point, like, so what does Grace Community Church really believe? I don't know. Here's a good indication of it. John MacArthur standing up on a Sunday morning. Again, unless you, and this is your own personal bias. If you believe John MacArthur's a double minded man, unstable in all his ways, and he'll say something on a Sunday, but then behind the scenes, he's coordinating with his elders to keep women oppressed and abused. You can believe that. I don't believe it. And this article didn't change my mind. Um, this next point says current and former elder elders had also raised concerns about Shannon's incompetent counsel. So again, hmm. we have no record of that. Um, he's simply just telling you, ah, believe me, old elders, they knew Bill Shannon was incompetent. Yeah, what if former elders, uh, why would they care if they were,
3: why would they lie? You can't even say that they were making it up. If they're former elders, they're not afraid of losing their position.
2: So- right. And again, none of them would put their name to this. So this is just, hey, wink, wink. Uh, former elders, but this could also be like the the article headline, you know, elders demanded that justice be done. When really, it's Cho, the one elder. So is Cho the former elders who is claiming that Shannon's incompetent, and they're just adding a plural to a singular person, like they did in the headline, because um, again. No name was given. We've pointed out multiple times in here where none of the elders would talk to Cho. In fact, they've asked him to walk back his conclusions. And now here he is again going, trust me, behind the scenes, plenty of them have come and told me Bill Shannon's a buffoon. Where is it? What's the name? Who said it? Uh, We have no actual name to put to that. We just have Cho giving you a pinky promise that that's true. And I don't believe it. So it says while the woman was hospitalized due to her husband's physical abuse, Shannon called her and advised her to go home without calling police. She told CT uh, at times the torment at home was bad enough that she worried she was going to die, but she said she was uh, told that her situation may be God's will for your life.
3: Is this the lady from last year? This
2: is the lady from last year. So again, we don't know if this is true necessarily, Um, But if so, not great advice. Certainly wouldn't tell a woman that. Um, But again, our whole point with this is two, uh, what I would call misdiagnosed marriage solutions does not indicate a pattern, Russian roulette, or some evil, you know, corrupting influence of grace community counselors. It means there's two incidences where, they may not have actually really fully understood the gravity of the situation. And they're telling a woman against what they should have known was a bad, you know, against better judgment that they're sending her back to a bad situation. So again, you can say, ah, see, this proves that grace community is really evil, wicked men. Or you can say, man, you guys were, you know, really good. Most of the time, how did you miss it on these two instances? What was it about these women and these men that led you to sort of not really see what they were going through? Um, I don't know why I, I highlighted that one, so I'm just going to skip it. Um, let's see what this next point is. I don't know how many we have left, but hopefully not many. It says, women told CT that pastors saw their husbands continued involvement in counseling caring treatment of their kids in supervised settings and verbal promises that the abuse would stop is indication that they no longer posed a threat so again that's what we were talking about earlier maybe they were deceived as well because they're saying they're counseling people the husbands are coming in getting counseling as well and they're deceiving the pastors to show them that they're really improving so when the pastors are telling these women to reconcile and go back to their husbands It's because the husbands are deceiving the pastors. Now you can say, ah, well, they're buffoons. That incompetent Bill Shannon should have known better. Maybe, but they're seeing these men really trying. They're good and loving with their children in a supervised setting. They're telling them they're getting better. And what we can tell two out of 53 years, two people out of 53 years, that was bad advice. They were deceived or misled, whatever you want to say. Um, But that's what they're saying there. We saw something different than what the women were telling us. And they already made the case that Eileen Gray was bizarre and erratic in her behavior. Maybe she uh, could have riled her husband
3: up into anger that led to physical abuse, emotional, verbal abuse. And I know they brought it up in the article. I don't know if it was one of them you highlighted that they mentioned, like, is it possible you provoke your husband to anger or something along those lines?
2: Yeah, like, which is a good question to ask. Yes. Um, and again, that does not in any way alleviate the man from the responsibility of right. not But it's helpful. Overboard. But when in, you're counseling and saying, how can we help, yes, you know, appease the situation or make it better? Is there something you do specifically that causes him to lose control? Okay, right. well, while we're dealing with it, stop doing that. <laughs> you know, and then yeah, we'll fix the other things. But first of women can run
3: with that and say, Oh, he's blaming it all on me, it's all my fault. Like, no, if there's any little thing you can do to help. Right. And that's it.
2: just that's self-preservation, really. Hey, you know, if every time you cook tilapia, your husband freaks out and you know, punches the kids. We'll deal with that first and foremost. Stop <laughs> tilapia. cooking tilapia. <laughs> all right. If he wants red meat, give him red meat. Just for we'll <laughs> deal with everything else. Right. And we're making light of this. It's a serious situation, but I think that's all that Nikki's kind of getting to. It's not the woman's fault to be abused by a husband. No, that's but I just mean. Husband. But you can, it can be ooh. snarky.
3: Like I've been snarky. Like I could say some things if I was married to someone who is easily angered and I'm a snarky person. Yeah. With my kind of personality, if I get really upset and say some stupid things. Yeah. I was married to the wrong guy.
2: (laughs) Right. I mean, we certainly, and that doesn't just go for women and husbands. That goes for every human being. You know, if you get punched in the face at a bar, it's the guy whose fault who punched you in the face, but you very well could have egged him on. Right. To punch you in the face. And they would have been like, hey man, if you would have just, you know, not well, stepped on his shoes and called him a fat turd, he probably wouldn't have punched both you. Can
3: be at fault. Yeah, just like we talk about, don't be a stumbling block to somebody like sexual temptation. Like it's not the guy's fault. Completely, you tempted. You Right. Know? And
2: that is something that Jesus teaches us. I think Matthew 17 or 18, woe to those by who temptation comes. So right. if you know. That your wife or your husband is angered in a specific way, in a specific
3: thing, Don't tempt but you're
2: tempting them. Yeah. them. Again, they're guilty of their sins, but if you're walking them down that path, you're guilty of a sin as For well. For your part, right. Um, so there is truth to that. Uh, this next point here he says, it's not unique. It's unfortunately prevalent in child abuse and in and intimate partner violence as well. It's a reflection of how the pastor has been groomed, Singer said. I think Singer was some lawyer or whatever. If there's a noticeable power differential, why am I lining up on the side of the person who may be the oppressor and not the person who may be oppressed? This just jumped out to me as just straight modern wokeism. You're talking about power dynamics, oppressed versus oppressor, You know, so basically, the point is here why would Grace Community Church be siding with the oppressor instead of the oppressed? Well, because they don't view the world the way woke social justice warriors do. They try to look at the situation as a husband and a wife, not oppressed versus oppressor in power dynamics Mm -hmm. like modern social justice warriors do, where, you know, for them, you know, anything that, you know, right, BLM. Burns a city down and it's peaceful protesting because they're minorities and they can't possibly, you know, do anything wrong because they're at a oppressed disadvantage. And you're like, nope, that's not real life. That's just academic, nonsensical jargon. And that's all that sounded like to me. So I highlighted it because I was like, yeah, there's the Christianity today coming out in the article. Talking about power dynamics is the way you're supposed to view your counseling sessions. No, (laughs) biblical dynamics is how you should be uh, viewing your counseling settings. Oh, here's that point we were talking about. While evangelicals are growing more sensitive to the dynamics of abuse, some conservative communities retain an underlying skepticism around victim advocacy. Oh, this is a different point. Uh, victim advocacy movements and trauma informed psychologists defending the place of the local church in addressing marital conflict. Um, So this is kind of was highlighted in one of the articles that they didn't want one of the women to go and seek professional counseling, you know, secular counseling because they thought it was worldly and Mm -hmm. wasn't worth it, which again, GCC is being looked down on here. Um, But if you're a counselor, and you believe in your counseling practices, you're going to support your counseling practices. I don't know why that's um, that shocking of a statement. You know, if I was super into CrossFit, and you came to me about losing weight, and I was like, listen, no, don't get on a treadmill and run CrossFit is the best way for you to well, yeah, you really believe in CrossFit. I'm not evil for telling you to do CrossFit. Same thing as if I'm a Christian counselor, I believe biblical counseling is the best thing for you. That's why I do biblical counseling. (laughs) If I thought secular counseling was the best method, I would have been a secular counselor. That's not that, you know, mind boggling. And they even make the point in the Eileen Gray article with the Roy's report that she was, I think, kind of upset with GCC because She wanted to get secular counseling, but GCC wouldn't provide it for her. So it was almost like she didn't get the counseling she wanted because Grace Community wouldn't get it for her.
3: How would they get it for her, though?
2: I don't know if like pay for it, set it up for whatever, but they were like, no, we have biblical counseling. So again, she could have gotten the secular counseling she wanted if she Went and got it on her own, but Grace Community was just saying, well, we're not doing that. So now somehow they're bad guys for not getting her counseling they didn't believe in. Right. That makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense, except when you're trying to drive a narrative and paint these guys as bad people. Oh, here's the one about the disciplinary actions. It says, while most Christian churches have formalized disciplinary processes in written policies and bylaws... It's becoming less common for American churches to follow them in practice and even rarer for a church to publicly denounce or publicly announce discipline cases multiple times a year, according to Sandy, the Christian mediator. Now, if you want me to put my conspiracy theory hat back on as to why they hate John MacArthur and Grace Community Church, this is one of the reasons because they're saying most churches nowadays they don't really adhere to scripture that closely. But that one Grace Community Church, they're really bothersome that they sort of maintain a biblical standard of church leadership, church discipline, biblical counseling, sin. And that's just uncomfortable for the rest of us that want to affirm same-sex marriages, call everything white supremacy, put women in leadership roles because we're Christianity today and we're progressive Christians. So these guys are bad because they really think the Bible is the way to live. That's the way I read it. You could read it completely (laughs) differently. Um, But again, if it's in the word of God and your church isn't adhering to it, they're wrong, not Grace Community Church. And I would say even if Grace Community Church is adhering to it improperly, they're trying to adhere to it and they're doing it wrong. That is better than you knowing it's there and not even trying. Exactly. Yeah. So again, they're painted as the bad guys for enforcing church discipline. Whereas Christianity today says all these other churches that know it's there and don't even care about it. They're the good guys. I would disagree. Um, says Cho, the former elder, said that at this stage, elders must unanimously approve cases that go before the church body a few times a year during monthly communion services. So what this is kind of highlighting to me here, again, Elaine Gray was publicly disciplined. So what he's saying here is this was unanimously agreed upon by the eldership of Grace community. So again, believe that they're monsters. You're saying all of them are in on this. All of these men you're saying are, you know, wicked men that Mm -hmm. want to abuse women because they all looked at all the facts and they all just went, yeah, this girl deserves it. Let's take her and give her discipline rather than going, oh, they saw something in the counseling sessions that warranted it. And it wasn't until years down the, you know, two or three years down the road when the man went to prison, when they realized uh, he was actually a really, really bad guy. Um, But again, this wasn't just willy nilly John MacArthur going, darn it, I've had enough. I'm disciplining the girl. No, it was unanimously decided upon by a 37 member eldership board. This wasn't like, you know, Bobby and Tommy. At your backwoods, West Virginia church, deciding to do something. This is a basically an organization coming to a conclusion on this. Um, I don't know what this one's about. It says his appeals drew from scripture. Oh, this is about Cho. (laughs) This is about Cho when he's talking to the pastor. So this is trying to set Cho up as the great godly man as opposed to Grace Community's wicked leaders says his appeals drew from scripture, sometimes quoting more than 20 verses on reconciliation, wrongdoing and justice like James 4.17. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him, it is a sin.
3: So they're in between obeying scripture and, you know, as far as they knew, they were doing what was right. They were in sin for following what they always did in counseling.
2: Yeah, so basically, if they know that reconciling and apologizing to Elaine Gray is right and they're not doing it, they're sinning, which sure, you can make that case and I wouldn't disagree with you. But the point that they're trying to make here is this Cho former elder, he's just going at him with the word and he's just laying out the case there verse by verse. And these elders, they have no leg to stand on other than they just love to beat women and molest children, and Cho is just opening the word up to them, and they're just denying it, refusing to submit to the word of God. That's what they're trying to get you to see here. Again, narrative, not news. And I just simply don't agree with it. I mean, if there's one thing that John MacArthur and his church is known for, it's being in the word to a fault, which is why so many people hate John MacArthur, right? They don't think he's you know, he's too in the word. He's reading it too literally at times or whatever it happens to be. Um, he's not, uh, ah, he's reading that stupid church discipline thing and he's actually adhering to it, you know? So they're trying to drive a narrative that Cho is this great man of God. And these elders, they just refuse to bend to the will of God. Again, they could be right. I simply don't believe it. All right. It says, Oh, this was a (laughs) a point about the girl that brought up the case last year. She says, when I go to church, I feel like the pastors are lying. They left me brokenhearted. I really feel like I was spiritually raped. That is a quote from the girl last year. So now when they talk about things like Elaine Gray being bizarre, um, elaborate, over the top, and this girl here, Talking about, I've been spiritually raped. Does that not sound kind of like the same thing? Maybe a bit over the top there in your explanations. Like
3: she's exaggerating.
2: (laughs) You might be exaggerating a tad bit. You know, them trying to reconcile you to your husband, and you're like, yeah, they're spiritually (laughs) raping me, and you're like, oh, brother, that makes you a lot less likely when you come and you go. My husband was aggressive with me last night, and they're like. Is this a girl that says we spiritually raped her? (laughs) Oh, brother. Again, doesn't mean she's wrong, but you're doing yourselves no favor when this is your personality.
3: Are people gonna start saying that now?
2: Only at Christianity today. (laughs) They probably told her to say that because it was very powerful. I'm kidding. Don't don't send me nasty messages. Forgive me for putting words in Christianity today's mouth. But again. Why might these two cases have been unique among Grace Community Counseling? Maybe because both of the women were, as they said, bizarre, elaborate, over the top, unlikely to be believed. Because again, if you come in and you're saying you're being spiritually raped by the pastors, oh, and my husband treats me bad. (laughs) They're like, okay, uh, I don't know. That's how do you find the truth in that? Um, Next point here. Grace. Oh, I think this is the end. Grace Community Church has not apologized to Eileen Gray, rescinded its discipline or made a public statement on the case, nor did it offer a response for this article. So there you go. Grace Community Church has not responded, even though Cho twice in the article gave us the old wink, wink, pinky swear that behind the scenes they did uh, but then he ends the article reminding us, in fact, they didn't. So, again, to me, this is a narrative they're trying to push, but that does not alleviate that there might have been mistakes made in these two instances. Um, and it would be great to know that they apologized to these women and that they reconciled with them, recognized their mistake. So, there may be spiritual pride in Grace Community. We hope not, and we'll pray that that's not the case. But my biggest argument against all of this is Grace Community and John MacArthur do not need to be discarded, thrown under the bus, or labeled as abusive child molesting protectors. There's two cases that we know of in 53 years of ministry that have gone sideways. It's far more reasonable for us to say something might have gone wrong, deception, disbelief, some human factor, rather than. John MacArthur and Grace Community are secret pedophile supporters that abuse women and laugh it off whenever it happens. There's just no evidence for that. Exceptions don't disprove the rule. Outliers are not a pattern. Um, And we do ourselves no favor by just trying to pile on everybody and calling these people because we're no better than they are. You know, if you think John MacArthur is some evil man... Or whatever, and you read this stuff, and then you're calling him basically a a predator, a child molester, abuse protector. You're no better than he is. And I'm sorry. Again, we could be the bad people. I read this article. I don't believe what it's trying to sell me.
3: Right, uh, what it's trying to sell you. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: So we'd love to hear what you guys have to say on this. Um, I think it was important for us to get that point out there, and we will end. The way we started, we have biases. We get that. Um, We are fans of John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. You may not be. Your biases may lead you in a different direction. But uh, two instances, even as egregious as they ended up, um, does not discount the entire ministry. And it doesn't alleviate them either of some uh, poor counseling decisions. We're admitting that these cases look like they were handled wrongly. Again, we don't have all the facts. Grace community has said they're not going to help this. And you can say that means they're guilty. For us, that means we don't know. We only get one side of the story. Um, and what's the proverb there that, you know, when one person, uh, I can't remember the proverb, but I'm just going to butcher it and paraphrase it. You know, When one person brings an argument, it sounds true until you hear the other side. Yep. I can't remember what it is. That sounds like the case here. Christianity today writes up a story, makes GCC and John MacArthur sound like monsters. Um, I think they really try to stretch that, but we don't know the other side of the argument. And again, two instances, 53 years is not a pattern. The actual real pattern of John MacArthur and Grace Community is scriptural adherence, um, Mm -hmm. godly men, you know, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world supporting pastors all over the world, um, doing great work for the kingdom of heaven, as far as we can understand it. So um, we, for one, are not going to let Christianity today sway our opinions, though we're going to pray that if spiritual pride resides in grace community, that they would humble themselves and repent for that. So we will be back tomorrow talking about Charles Stanley and Andy Stanley. Um, Please come in, give that a listen. And then wednesday through friday we will have our normal five minute daily devotionals and then come back on saturday with our uh regular podcast finally getting into our discussions on sin knowing sin so make sure you come back for that that's all we got god bless